0: This podcast is funded entirely through support from listeners like you. To continue this work, we need your help. Visit patreon.com CanadaLand and keep independent journalism alive for as little as a dollar per month.
1: So here's how we start. Watch the video.
0: The cell phone video that started it all is grainy and blurry and dimly lit.
1: Watch the show.
0: The first thing you see is an older man, round and balding with white hair.
1: I am, I am, Sandy. (laughs) B.T. Shut up, Gerald. Alexander Zaitsev.
0: He's standing in a basement next to a tall woman and a dog.
1: I don't mind you. This is my wife.
0: He seems pretty drunk.
1: I have PT fucking SP. Why? Because my son died. That's a big fucking event in anybody's fucking life.
0: Sandy Zaitsev is one of the richest people in Thunder Bay. At the time this video was shot in October of 2016, he was 67 years old and still had a license to practice law.
1: Now watch what somebody did to me. Watch the bruises on me. Watch.
0: He takes off his t-shirt to reveal his protruding belly and raises his arms in the air, twirling around like he's showing off a new suit.
1: That's only half my fucking body. That's true. That's half That's my body.
0: He tugs his pants down to show more of the bruising, revealing the top of his ass crack. Zaitsev keeps addressing someone behind the camera named Marissa.
1: Marissa, Marissa, watch. Take a look. Take a fucking look. They took me down. I'm not gonna say who. I'm not gonna press charges. I don't want that. I just want the world to fucking know they took me down. They kicked me around, and now I have absolute fucking proof that they tried to fraud me.
0: He never says who they are.
1: They have a forged fucking will where, where, where they claim, they allege, I left my fortune of $50 million to them. Okay, now I'm going to put my shirt on. By the way, these are... You need to know these are my clowns. On the bookcase behind him,
0: sitting in rows, are about two dozen clown figurines.
1: Look here. Every one of these is at least a million dollar case.
0: At least. Each clown, Zaitsev says, represents a case in his career worth at least a million dollars. And they only cover half of his career.
1: Only half. Marissa, please turn around. Look at those big clowns over there.
0: The camera quickly pans across the room to reveal three figures huddled around a bar. Two are together, and one sitting at the end of the bar is Thunder Bay Mayor Keith Hobbs.
1: Show the mayor. I want to see the mayor. There's in there. it. That showing me. No, you need to be talking about big
0: clowns. <laughs> He's a beefy, middle aged guy with a bald head and a goatee. He looks like a TV cop. And, in fact, he was a cop in Thunder Bay for 34 years before he became mayor. Thanks for showing me, he says in a joking tone.
1: The mayor is in this, cause this is going to HBO. Put the mirror in. Marissa, come on here. Just thinking I want Marissa in room. this too.
0: Marissa Hobbs, the mayor's wife. She's a striking woman. If you Google her picture, you'll find her in a fur coat and a big Russian fur hat. She has jet-black hair and bangs.
1: Hug the mayor. No, give him a big kiss. Okay. Give the mayor a big kiss.
0: Okay. It seems pretty important to Zaitsev to get both the mayor and his wife in the video. And then things get weird.
1: Now let me put my clothes on. Now we make a proposal. Helicopter.
0: Helicopter is Zaitsev's pet name for Heli Kajanin, his tall, blonde, on-again, off-again girlfriend. She was also his client. Helly used to be a Mountie. She was the initial plaintiff in a massive class action lawsuit he brought against the Royal Canadian Mounted Police for rampant sexual harassment and abuse of female officers. At the time this video was shot, their case against the Mounties had just been settled for $100 million. Nobody in Thunder Bay was quite sure how much of that was going to Zaitsev. With some help from Helly, Sandy Zaitsev gets down on his knees. I've
1: only waited six years, but you know. Yeah, how many times did you leave me? Tell American. the truth. Tell 13 the truth. times. She left me 13 times. Baby, Sisu, come here. Sisu?
0: The dog, Sisu, joins Zaitsev as he proposes.
1: Okay, baby, will you marry me? Do you promise to marry me? Promise me you'll marry me. Baby, yes?
2: I love you. I have always loved you, and I promise you I will
0: marry you. I've always loved you, and I promise you I will marry you, says Heli. Heli leans down for a kiss, but Sisu jumps into their embrace.
1: That's my Sisu!
0: Zaitsev turns his attention to the dog, hugging and kissing Sisu, while his new fiancé watches on. <laughs>
1: that's my Sisu boy! No, I don't want to get up. I want my Sisu
0: boy right here. <laughs> no. It ends. I can't pretend to understand everything that's happening in that video. What I can tell you is that it played a role in a series of events that would lead to the arrest of Sandy Zaitsev, the mayor, his wife, their alleged accomplice, and the local chief of police. This is Thunder Bay.
3: Pretendians is brought to you by BetterHelp.
4: Angel, you seem a bit stressed. Do you have anything you want to get off your chest? Anything you're bottling up?
3: I mean, compared to some of the people on the show, I'm good. But of course, like most people, I do carry around a lot of worries and anxieties. I'm this mom who goes around and works her tail off and I do the carpooling because the teenagers don't want to drive. I think I'm just overextended in that people don't really appreciate me sometimes.
4: I appreciate you.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Robert.
4: Well, talking about this stuff seems to help, and not everyone has a podcast where they can work through it. So that's why there's therapy, like BetterHelp. Angel, have you tried therapy?
3: I'm a huge fan of therapy, actually. Some of the things that have helped me really keep all these plates spinning are the coping skills and strategies that I have to deal with stress like setting good boundaries or knowing when to say no and all those things um, I wasn't able to do before therapy.
4: If you want to experience the benefits of therapy without the hassle of trying to find your own therapist check out BetterHelp. It's been used by over 3 million people worldwide and it's available in the U.S. and Canada.
3: As the largest online therapy provider in the world BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health.
4: Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Pretendians.
3: That's BetterHelp.com slash Pretendians.
2: A shocking announcement in Thunder Bay late this afternoon. A story out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. It's a story making headlines right across the country. Accused
3: Thunder Bay lawyer Sandy Zaitsev. Disgraced Thunder Bay lawyer Sandy Zaitsev. Thunder
1: Bay Mayor Keith Hobbs is taking issue with a YouTube video that's been making the rounds on social
5: media.
6: The OPP confirms this is part of the same investigation that saw City Police Chief J.P. Levesque slapped with criminal charges in May.
2: You know, I don't know. The only way I can really describe it is just, I mean, these last two years have been such a clusterfuck.
0: That's Willow Fiddler, a Thunder Bay reporter for APTN, Aboriginal People's Television Network.
2: And it's been mind-boggling. People don't get it. I've had calls from, like, all across the country from people, emails and phone calls, asking me what the hell is going on in Thunder Bay. And I wish I could tell them.
0: Willow's been covering various parts of this scandal. I have a lot of questions for her. For starters, what were the mayor and his wife doing in Sandy Zaitsev's basement? After all, at the time the video was shot, Zaitsev was suing the city of Thunder Bay for $800 million on behalf of homeowners who had raw sewage back up into their homes due to alleged negligence on the part of Hobbs's government. The mayor shouldn't have been anywhere near the guy. Also, Why did Zaitsev want to make that video? Who roughed him up? Who uploaded the video itself to YouTube? Was that marriage proposal for real? And finally, what's with the clowns?
2: I think there's definitely people who know what happened. Uh, I'm not sure why they're not talking. Um, You know, I think I'm talking about certain uh, leadership in the city.
0: Willow is generously willing to help any way she can, but she can't really answer my questions. In some cases, she doesn't know the answers, and in others, she does know or has a pretty good idea, but can't say. Not on the record. There are court-ordered publication bans prohibiting what any media outlet can reveal. In many instances, these bans are in place for good reason. To protect the identities of sexual assault victims. So, this is a tricky story. Potentially and a legal story to tell. But here's the thing. Much of it is right out in the open, on the public record already. A slew of accusations and counter-accusations from the interested parties, comments that Mayor Hobbs let slip in interviews, and more. Then, there's plenty of stuff that we found that media can publish, but nobody has. Finally, we were able to speak with people involved with this, Nobody was willing to let us use their names, but they spoke with us. They helped us fill in the blanks. Today, we're going to put it all together and tell you as much of this story as we can. When you hear someone's voice other than mine, it'll be an actor reading from court transcripts or other verified documents. Let's start at the beginning. Before this all went down, Alexander Sandy Zaitsev was a prominent member of the Thunder Bay legal community.
6: He enjoyed a successful career as a civil litigator, Your Honor. He built a practice in this community and elsewhere and achieved significant professional success through hard work and ability. That's how his lawyer, Scott Hutchison, described
0: Zaitsev in court when he was making a case for a light sentence. That's not Scott Hutchison's voice. There's no filming or recording allowed in Ontario courts. But we have a transcript, so you'll hear an actor. Whenever you hear this voice, that's what Sandy Zaitsev's lawyer told the judge.
6: Mr. Zaitsev had no criminal record and indeed no, no suggestion of any kind of antisocial behavior in his background.
0: Sandy Zaitsev wasn't just a respected lawyer with a clean record. He also was a defender of vulnerable people, of abused foster children, survivors and victims of an air crash, of sexually harassed police women.
6: Female RCMP officers who had suffered discrimination, abuse, and harassment in the course of their professional lives. That was a class action, Your Honor, that at the time it was initiated by Mr. Zaitsev was innovative, and it's fair to say, ahead of its time. That's what Sandy Zaitsev says about
0: himself via his attorney, that he was an individual without blemish. His former law partner, Chris Watkins, told a different tale. Watkins said that in 2011, Zaitsev was a washed-up, retired old lawyer, but he partnered up with them anyhow to take on class-action lawsuits. Watkins claimed that Zaitsev then cheated him, pushing him out of big cases, including the RCMP class-action, leaving him, his firm, and his family abused, broke, and bereft. Watkins also said that Zaitsev threatened to kill him, telling people he would take Watkins out. All of that was in a $28 million lawsuit that Watkins filed against Zaitsev. Zaitsev denies it all, except for one part. Sandy Zaitsev does not contest that while he was working with Watkins, he was a
6: raging alcoholic. There were periods when he was drinking as much as 40 ounces of liquor a day. Significantly, Your Honor, the literature also suggests that lorazepam and alcohol in combination can be particularly dangerous. Lorazepam was a
0: medication Zaitsev was taking for medically diagnosed traumatic grief. His son Sandy Jr. died in 2014. His obituary said he fractured his ankle earlier and was on crutches, trying to get himself a snack from the fridge when he slipped, fell, and died immediately from a severe head injury. Years before that, Sandy Zaitsev's wife mysteriously disappeared on a sea 18 years ago, Sandy Zaitsev's wife, Marilyn, vanished. It was October, and they were at their cottage. She was seen at 9 p.m. getting on her sea and heading out on the lake. She never came back. Zaitsev called 911 at 11 p.m. The sea was found the next day, in the water, a kilometer away, in working order, and with gas in the tank. Marilyn's body was never found. The police remember the case to this day. Asked about it, they say that the circumstances of her death were deemed suspicious and her case remains an open missing person investigation. They also note that there was no evidence of foul play. Marilyn Zaitsev was presumed drowned.
6: His wife died in a boating accident in 2000. His son, Sandy Jr., died in June of 2014. He had been living with Mr. Zaitsev at the time. It's the sort of loss that few of us can imagine, Your Honor.
0: At the height of his grief, and at the height of his drinking, Sandy Zaitsev got rich. Or at least, he got much richer than he had been, and everyone knew it. Nobody was sure how much of the $100 million settlement went to Zaitsev, but word of the windfall was enough to attract a lot of attention.
6: Various individuals inserted themselves into Mr. Zaitsev's life, or... Their approach to him changed because suddenly Mr. Zaitsev went from being the damaged, hard-drinking lawyer to the rich lawyer.
0: Zaitsev's attorney then names some of these individuals. Mary Voss, Mr. Hobbs, and Miss Hobbs. Mary Voss, a woman of color, was one of the women Sandy Zaitsev was involved with during his downward spiral. As an interracial couple in Thunder Bay, with the pretty big age gap between them, they got noticed. Sandy Zaitsev says that Mayor Keith Hobbs used to be his friend. An associate of Zaitsev's testified that the mayor and his wife were frequent guests of Zaitsev's in the months leading up to that video. Zeitsev says that he once asked the mayor for advice. After buying a big new home on Farron Street, he discovered a bunch of guns hidden away in an obscure corner of the house that belonged to the previous owner, an antique shotgun, another shotgun, and a semi-automatic rifle. He says he asked the mayor how he could surrender them to the police. But before he got around to it, things soured between Zaitsev and Hobbs. What made the mayor and his wife turn against their friend Sandy Zaitsev? It was Zaitsev's abuse of women. Hobbs found out about it. Mary Voss is not just Zaitsev's ex-girlfriend. She was also a friend of the mayor's wife we obtained audio of Sandy Zaitsev providing a bit more detail about the alleged extortion attempt. This is Sandy Zaitsev's voice, not an actor's.
7: She's trying to put me
1: in jail. That's what they're trying to do. They want, the black woman wants me to die first, okay? Because she's got a, a forgery will. Forgery. <clears throat> Somebody forged a will that said, I gave my 15 million million. Fifty to them. I did not. It's not my signature. It's a forgery.
0: I'll note again here that Mary Voss has pled not guilty to charges of extortion. Two people involved with these events tell us that Zaitsev directly blamed Voss for the bruises on his body. Mary Voss has never been charged with assault against him. Then there are videos. Different videos than the one we played you at the start. They've never been released. We've never seen them. But we know what they show Sandy Zaitsev doing, because he admitted to it. In a moment, you'll hear the words of Scott Hutchison, Sandy Zaitsev's defense attorney, speaking before a judge who is about to sentence Sandy Zaitsev. The video he describes had been entered into evidence by the prosecution. We've changed the names of Zaitsev's victims. A warning to listeners that this next part involves the sexual abuse of a
6: minor. On the evening of October nineteenth, 2016, Sarah Miller reports that the accused, Mr. Zaitsev, was highly intoxicated. Sarah's teenage daughter, Amy, was in her basement bedroom. It was a weekday, and she had school the next morning. Amy awoke to Mr. Zaitsev standing over her. Mr. Zaitsev pulled on her bed covers. Amy asked Mr. Zaitsev to leave. He then called Amy a cunt. He grabbed at her covers and proceeded to physically assault Amy through a swatting motion. At least one slap landed on her face. Sarah went downstairs, where she saw Mr. Zaitsev assaulting her daughter. She pulled Mr. Zaitsev away. Amy captured part of the event on her cell phone. At approximately two o'clock on the morning of October twentieth, 2016, the accused, Mr. Zaitsev, went down to the doorway of Amy's bedroom. He was extremely intoxicated. The door was locked and a chair placed in front to prevent it from opening. Mr. Zaitsev began yelling at Amy and tried to enter the bedroom. The door is captured in the video and is damaged and partially detached from its hinges. He was not successful in entering the room. The accused is heard to yell, ''Open the fucking door! Fuck your dumb!'' Why are you such a dumb fucking cunt? Mr. Zaitsev went quiet. About four hours later, a loud smash is heard, consistent with the bedroom door being struck. Mr. Zaitsev is then heard saying, Amy, will you suck my cock now? This is who I am. Come here now. You will suck my cock. The door is then kicked. He then begins yelling for her mother. Sarah will suck my cock right in front of you. You understand? I'm going upstairs till your mum gets home, but you will suck my cock. Understand? You know why? Because I'm a good man. You're a little girl. I have to think about that. It's probably not right.
0: I know that went on a long time, but there is much, much more of it in the court transcript. The abuse itself lasted hours. The whole episode came a few days after an earlier incident when sandy zaitsev assaulted amy's mom zaitsev's lawyer told the judge that the sandy zaitsev who did these things was not the same sandy zaitsev who sat before the law in court
6: your honor it's fair to say he became a different person when he drank
0: that argument was never challenged which raises the question which sandy zaitsev is this on a recording we obtained talking about a teenage girl's underwear
7: now listen
1: to be carefully. I have the panties, the girls' panties. They're in the drawers in my room. You don't understand this, okay, because you're a woman. Men, men love dirty panties. And I do love panties, I admit that, okay? Mm. Love women, I admit it.
0: Keith Hobbs knew about Sandy Zaitsev's abuse of women. Allegedly, he even had video evidence of it. But he didn't go to the police. Not right away. First, he went to Sandy Zaitsev. Here's how he himself put it in his defamation claim against Zaitsev.
5: My client, Mayor Keith Hobbs, indicated to Sandy Zaitsev that he would be contacting the police with information containing serious allegations of sexual impropriety engaged in by Alexander Sandy Zaitsev.
0: Hobbs says he indicated that he would take the info to the cops. What he's been charged with is threatening to do so, unless Sandy Zaitsev paid off Mary Voss, who was allegedly in on the plot with the mayor and his wife. The criminal code calls this extortion. You could also call it blackmail. Here's how it played out. Craig Lovren was a friend of Zaitsev's late son, Sandy Jr., and remained friendly with Zaitsev after Sandy Jr.'s death. He's a 36-year-old war veteran who served in Afghanistan. At the time, in 2016, he was a manager at a car wash. He took the witness stand in a related trial that we haven't even gotten to yet. For now, let's focus on his testimony. Lovren said that late at night on November 17, 2016, Keith Hobbs asked him to meet up in the parking lot of a supermarket. The mayor got into Lovren's car and gave him a USB stick He said it contained videos that he should play for Sandy Zaitsev. He said Zaitsev should see them, so he would quote, know how much trouble he is in. Loverin also said that sitting in his car, Hobbs gave him a strong reason not to go to the local cops. He claims Hobbs warned him that two Thunder Bay detectives owed him, because back when he was still on the force, he destroyed evidence to help them. Two inmates had thrown bodily fluids on the detectives, Whatever happened next was captured on cell block video. Hobbs destroyed that video, and his buddies on the force remain grateful. Hobbs also allegedly threatened Lovren that if he wanted to, he could have him charged with obstruction of justice. Lovren says the warnings worked. He was afraid of the mayor, afraid to go to the Thunder Bay police and point a finger at their former colleague, Loverin. I was concerned concerned about what I was getting myself into, they knew I was very close to him and wanted me to talk to him and persuade him." Allegedly, the shakedown went like this. Hobbs and his wife allegedly demanded that Zaitsev pay Voss off to quote, "...make things go away, or else they'd hand the incriminating videos over to the cops." The official charges that Keith Hobbs, Marissa Hobbs, and Mary Voss made threats, accusations, or menace of disclosing criminal allegations to the police unless Zaitsev paid up. It's alleged that the payment would be in the form of a home purchase for Voss. Zaitsev may have been willing to do this, but the negotiations reportedly broke down over the sticker price. Zaitsev would go up to $250,000 for a property, but Hobbs allegedly demanded 420000 Now... Most of this comes from Craig Lovren's testimony, but Hobbs himself made statements that were arguably consistent with it. Keeping in mind that Keith Hobbs has pled not guilty to extortion, listen to this. This is Mayor Keith Hobbs speaking in a local YouTube interview show, not an actor. Um, That's
4: an issue that is before the courts and I don't really want to comment on it. All I will say is no good deed goes unpunished because my wife and I were responsible for bringing victims forward. Uh, I think it was a job well done. I mean, that was my former career. I was a police officer for 34 years, and when I saw something wrong, I brought it to the authorities, and I'm not gonna apologize ever for protecting people.
0: Hobbs thinks he's still a cop. It's what a few people told us when his name came up. Five years ago, he performed a citizen's arrest on a drunk who interrupted a public event he was presiding over as mayor, physically restraining the guy until a real cop came and took over. Is it possible that he was shaking down Zaitsev as some sort of cowboy justice? The mayor knew that Sandy Zaitsev had assaulted women for at least two days before he took that information to the police. If the mayor of Thunder Bay came into possession of video evidence of Sandy Zaitsev assaulting women, why wouldn't he just take it straight to the police? And if indeed there was an extortion attempt, What if Zaitsev had just paid up? Would we have ever known about any of this? Anyhow, he didn't. Because Zaitsev thought he had leverage on Hobbs. That's based on what Hobbs says. Mayor Keith Hobbs alleges that on November 19th, two days after Lovren says Hobbs threatened Sandy Zaitsev, Sandy Zaitsev threatened him back. If Hobbs ever went to the cops with his videos, Zaitsev would release a video of his own. This video, Zaitsev threatened, would, quote, submarine and bury Hobbs. The sole purpose of releasing it, Hobbs alleges, would be to impugn the credibility, professional reputation, and personal reputation of Mayor Keith Hobbs. What video was he talking about? You've already heard it.
1: Put the mirror in. Marissa, come on here. I just thinking... I like want that. Marissa no. in this too. Show the mirror. I want to see the mirror. The mirror's in this. That should show me. <laughs> no, you need you to be You're talking
4: about big clowns. <laughs> Get where you're from, No,
1: take a look. The mirror's in this because this is going to HBO. HBO.
0: Let's stop for a second and consider this part. You might think that a video of a drunk Sandy Zaitsev, shirtless, swearing, stumbling, sloppily proposing to his girlfriend, you might think that video impugns the reputation of no one other than Sandy Zaitsev. But Zaitsev's threat, if in fact he made it, was this. I may look like a clown in that video, but if you expose me as a sexual abuser, then I will expose you as a mayor who hangs out with a clown who is a sexual abuser. And that's what he did. Allegedly. All we know for certain is that both videos were released, and both men were arrested and charged.
2: It's a story making headlines right across the country. 65-year-old Keith Hobbs and his wife Marissa have been charged with one count each of extortion and obstruction of justice. Another woman, 46-year-old Mary Voss, is charged with extortion. According to the liable notice, Zaitsev posted
6: the video because Hobbs indicated he'd be contacting police about alleged sexual impropriety by the well-known lawyer.
0: On November twentieth, 2016... Thunder Bay police showed up at Zaitsev's house with a search warrant. They marched to his electrical utility closet, and there were the guns. The cops seized them. On November 25, 2016, Sandy Zaitsev was arrested and charged with assault, sexual assault, sexual interference, invitation to sexual touching, and mischief, and was taken into custody in the Thunder Bay jail, considered by some to be the worst in Canada he would remain there for over a hundred days, denied bail. Several more sexual assault and assault-related charges involving more individuals were later added. Once he was incarcerated, Zaitsev allegedly texted Hobbs a message, You're about to regret the day you were born. Zaitsev then had the video posted to YouTube, claims Hobbs. And then it was live. Zaitsev's belly, Hobbs hanging out, the clowns, the proposal, all online for the world to see. There's more. The RCMP realized they can't be the ones to investigate Keith Hobbs. The case would have to go to the Ontario Provincial Police, but it was the Thunder Bay cops' job to pass along the file. Everything seemed to be going fine with that process for about a week. Then on December 22nd, two Thunder Bay city cops called the RCMP to ask for advice. Mayor Keith Hobbs had been ringing them up and hounding them for info on the investigation. He knew. Someone had told him that he was under investigation and he was trying to get ahead of it. The RCMP officers promptly called Thunder Bay Police Chief J.P. Levesque with disturbing news. His department had a leak. Yeah, replied Chief Levesque. That was me. He calmly explained that a day earlier, he had bumped into Hobbs at a retirement party for his deputy chief. He pulled the mayor aside and told him everything. Chief Levesque then said sorry to the Mounties for not telling him that he had done so sooner. The call ended and the two RCMP officers just stared at each other.
6: Good evening and thank you for joining us. Criminal charges against Thunder Bay Police Chief J.P. Levesque.
5: The OPP announced yesterday
0: that it was charging the veteran police officer with breach of trust and obstruction of justice. Here's how it's all landed so far. Levesque got off completely.
2: The city's police chief there, J.P. Levesque, has been acquitted now of all charges.
0: His defense was that he didn't mean any harm. He wasn't trying to help the mayor... He didn't even get along with the mayor. He considered Mayor Hobbs to be unpredictable, verbally volatile, temperamental, emotional, and difficult to deal with. He was trying to help the woman who would be filling in for him as chief while he was on vacation. He didn't want Hobbs to find out about the investigation while he was away and then make life difficult for the fill-in chief, Inspector Sylvie Hoth. The judge ruled that it was within the chief's discretion to tell the mayor whatever he wanted to, and Levesque walked. He's since retired. Sandy Zaitsev lost his license to practice law and was charged with a slew of offenses stemming from five alleged victims. He would later plead guilty to four of those charges and become a registered sex offender with a record of propositioning a minor. If he had been convicted of the initial charges, Sandy Zaitsev could have spent the rest of his life in prison. The prosecution didn't even ask for jail time. Everybody seemed to agree. 119 days in the Thunder Bay jail was enough incarceration. Besides, he wasn't in his right mind when he committed those crimes.
6: Your Honor, it's fair to say he became a different person when he drank. It's important that you know that the individual presented in the facts is a product of a difficult time and circumstances that put Zaitsev in a very vulnerable place.
0: He'd suffered enough already. Here's how one of his victims suffered, in her own words, read by
6: an actor
3: Getting out of bed every day has been a struggle. I've lost friendships, my reputation has been damaged by rumors. I'm always too busy pretending that my life is still normal or wondering when this all ends, finally. I've lost trust in myself, my judgment, my peers, and the opposite sex. I don't feel safe being outside. I'm riddled with anxiety because I fear that one day he's going to show up to do me harm, threaten me, or somebody I love or care about.
0: And here's another woman who alleges that Sandy Zeitz have assaulted her one of the women whose charges against him were abandoned by the prosecution because she was told it was her word against his. Well, these are her words. And this is her voice, though we have altered it to protect her anonymity.
7: I carry this every day. I carry what he did to me every day as a wound in me that I don't think will ever be healed. I had this person of authority who I trusted dearly and was someone that I believed was there to help me, had my best interest at heart. And after what happened to me, I've had to now see a psychiatrist because I can't deal with the fact that any man in this world would ever make me feel so small and weak and helpless. I don't care if it was a drunken stupor. He wasn't of the right frame of mind he's okay now? I'm not. I am now going to live with this for the rest of my life. And no, I don't think the sentencing was fair at all. Because he can carry on, but doesn't mean his victims have.
0: Today, he's a free man, more or less. His probation lifts completely in the summer of 2019. Amazingly, When word that the mayor had been charged with criminal extortion hit the local news, it wasn't that big of a deal.
1: The charges are unrelated to municipal business or issues. The mayor has advised he will be absent from his public duties in accordance with city policy as he deals with this personal matter.
0: The mayor went on voluntary leave for a few months, paid leave. Then he went back to work. He pretty much refused to discuss the case with the press. And the press pretty much accepted that and didn't ask him. We asked him about all of this and he told us through his lawyer, All of your questions about my clients will be answered clearly, unequivocally,
5: and transparently in a public trial in the Superior Court of Justice in Thunder Bay. It should be made perfectly clear that both Keith and Marissa Hobbs deny any and all allegations of criminal misconduct and look forward to their public vindication at trial.
0: Most people here seem okay with the whole thing.
1: The mayor is absolutely
6: fine. We have a fine mayor. He's been railroaded. That doesn't reflect negatively on our community. And and he may or may not run for a third term.
2: If he does, I'll, I'll vote for him. Um, I can't really comment on that. I don't know all the details just from what I read in the newspaper. But, you know, I'm sure they're both sides to the story.
0: As I record this today, Keith Hobbs is still the mayor of Thunder Bay, Ontario. I tell Willow Fiddler, reporter for APTN, just how baffling this all is to me as an outsider. She feels my pain.
2: Well, people are continuing to die here. You've got chief of police, you have a mayor, both charged with criminal things, and no one wants to talk about it because they're calling it personal issues. No, not from my perspective, it's not separate. Um, and, and, I, and I think that, and I'm not sure if that's a cultural thing. It may be a cultural thing because I come from a First Nation community where there's no separating between personal and your community. It's all one.
0: It was all just personal issues. Couldn't have affected anyone's public duties. Well, here's how those personal issues resolved. The civil suit against Zaitsev was never pursued The defamation claim against him also has a high chance of being abandoned. The obstruction of justice charges against Keith Hobbs and his wife were dropped at a pre-trial hearing. But the criminal trial of Keith Hobbs, Marissa Hobbs, and Mary Voss for extortion will likely be held as soon as this spring. The media attention might be modest since Hobbs will no longer be mayor when his case goes to trial. He isn't running for a third term, and his last day as mayor will be November 30th. Maybe at trial, we'll get answers to the questions we couldn't figure out. We still don't know how the mayor got his hands on videos of Sandy Zaitsev sexually assaulting women in the first place, if, in fact, he had them on that USB key. We don't know if Hobbs was just trying to protect victims, as he claims, or if he had any other motive for informing on Sandy Zaitsev. And we still don't know what was up with the clowns. There's a bigger question I don't expect the trial to address. What the fuck? I mean, what the fuck were the mayor and the chief of police thinking involving themselves in this mess? The story I just told you took place at a time of peak crisis in Thunder Bay. A few months before the mayor was filmed in Sandy Zaitsev's basement, a massive inquest into the deaths of indigenous teenagers had just concluded— handing Mayor Hobbs 145 safety recommendations he needed to implement in order to prevent more tragedies. That's something he might have been doing instead. A week after that basement video was shot, the Office of the Independent Police Review announced a systemic review of the Thunder Bay Police. When Chief Levesque tipped off the mayor at a retirement party because he was about to go on vacation for three weeks, that investigation of his police force for systemic racism was well underway. That's something that might have had his attention instead. And in the spring of 2017, when Keith Hobbs had just launched his defamation claim against Sandy Zaitsev and was waiting to find out if the police investigation of himself and his wife would result in criminal charges, well, that's when 17-year-old Tammy Kiosh and 14-year-old Josiah Begg went missing, their bodies later found in city waterways. Here's human rights lawyer Julian Faulkner. If you think Keith Hobbs is the problem, then you don't understand
5: the problem. The problem isn't one person. The problem is a community and a culture. They are trying to keep a way of life they don't want to let go. And if we as a society wish to support and protect our indigenous brothers and sisters, then we have to start replacing the leaders here. It is important to understand when I say leaders what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about the obvious ones like the mayor or the chair of the police board. I mean
0: replace all of them. One by one. Replace all of them. One by one. It almost sounds violent. This proposal, to wipe out the leadership of an entire city, it's a bit more radical than what I expect to hear from a distinguished lawyer. I am not advocating a civil war, but let me ask you, When
5: family after families have been ignored, uh, mistreated, when eggs are thrown at children, when death after death becomes questionable, not just not investigated well, I need you to know there is an activity down by the river that involves throwing Indigenous people into the river when they're too drunk to defend themselves. I am very confident that goes on. There's just too many cases to explain it otherwise. Uh, At the end of the day, you tell me. Doesn't that sound like bloodshed?
0: Next time, on Thunder Bay.
1: And that's when they threw me in that river. And like I I legit started thinking that I was going to die.
0: Thunder Bay is produced by Jesse Brown and hosted by me, Ryan McMahon. This episode was written by me, Jesse Brown, and Kevin Sexton. Additional research by Brigitte Noel. Additional reporting by Jolene Banning and David Crosby. Music by Chris Dirksen. Legal documents and statements read by Allie Graham, Michael Healy, Corey Marr, and Kevin Sexton. Mixing and sound design by Chandra Bullockon. Our work on this episode was built on journalism by many others, including Kenneth Jackson and Willow Fiddler of APTN, John Thompson of TVO, Jody Porter and Chris Katonin of CBC Doug Diaksic of TB Newswatch and David Bruiser of the Toronto Star Special thanks to the Trail Went Cold podcast for helping spread the word about this show. You should check out that terrific podcast too. Canada Land's managing editor is Kevin Sexton We investigate, report and podcast with support from listeners like you. You can help us at patreon.com canadaland Please do